Well, here on our last Sunday, rounding up our series on gratitude, um, wondering um, if you'd like to share anything this morning that you're grateful for. Just call it out. What, you're great, what are you grateful for this morning? Life. Yeah. Family. Health. Absolutely. Being a grandma soon. We're so excited. Baby girl on her way. For friendship, I heard. For our church. Yeah, I'm grateful for this family. I'm grateful for, what was it, like 15 kids packed in my house on Sunday night for the youth Thanksgiving dinner. Just a, like a, just a gaggle of eighth graders from no. It was just so fun. Just like listening to them, you know, and you know, shoving around all one table together. It just brought me joy. I'm very grateful. And a few of the parents stayed for dinner. And that was fun. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for this time to gather. I'm grateful for this time to worship, for our worship team that's led us into the presence of God. Um, so thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, so you know that for the past several weeks, we've been kind of camping out at the beginning of Philippians chapter 1, using this as kind of our grounding place for reflecting on things that we are grateful for, specifically as a church family each week. And I'm, I'm going to move beyond this passage today, I promise, in Philippians. Um, can you turn it down? It's just a little bit. I hear myself breathing, and I'm being distracted by my own breath of life. <laughs> Anyone else? Okay, thank you. So we've been camping out here um, and looking at this passage. In verse 3, Paul says, writing this letter to the church in Philippi, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for, all, for you all making my prayer with joy. And he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from this first day until now. I thank all of you. And he's already addressed all of the saints, all of the gathering of believers there remembering them, thanking them for their partnership, for that sharing in the gospel mission, that, that koinonia, that fellowship. And he's saying that the way they have participated in the life of God together, and therefore the work of God, they have been a part of that, and how they have loved and supported Paul, extending that grace and the message of the gospel even through him. And he goes on, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. The good work he's talking about there is their willingness to share in the ministry and work of the gospel together. The sharing what they have, what we would say our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness. That is the good work that God has begun in them. And he says, listen, I trust that what God began, God will bring to completion. Because it's not his work, it's not the work of Paul to, to grow these churches and to spread the God. It's the the work of God. And so we trust and we're confident that the work that God began, God will finish. And then in verse 9 that we looked at last week of how his prayer then over them, he doesn't say, hey, pray for me as I'm here in prison, but I pray that your love, in verse 9, that would be helpful, your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernments so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It's a prayer that that work that God began, the, the fruit that maybe we can't even see completely, we can't even see 
of how the fruit of the Spirit might grow among that church in Philippi or among what we looked at last week, our children and youth here, of how God might continue to be at work in their lives. That prayer that we could begin praying even over our young people, that the love, their knowledge of God and love may abound more and more. So over these past three weeks, we've, we've given thanks. We are grateful for the saints that have gone before us and set an example of how we run our race. We are grateful for the opportunities we have to partner in mission together and the impact we've had for the kingdom together through Go Ministries, uh, through Homeless Louisville, through Grace Kids, through Jam, and so many other places and spaces in this city and community that we serve. And we are grateful for our children and youth ministries and the foundation we are laying even now, in our relationships in this community, through our teaching, our serving, our mentoring. We are grateful. I'm not sure if you remember, but the very first week, a couple weeks ago, when I asked you all, hey, share with me what you're grateful for, it was Steve Smith who says we are grateful in all things. He says, I'm grateful even in the hard things. Y'all remember him saying that? even in times of challenge and struggle. I think we can all agree this morning that that's probably the, our least favorite time <laughs> to give thanks and praise. Maybe you're in a season right now where you're feeling this season of gratitude. We've just celebrated Thanksgiving. We're heading into the holidays. And can we just acknowledge that none of us are going to have a Hallmark Christmas? Right? Like, it's a hard time of year for a lot of people. I mean, are you going to fall in love in a small town? And, you know, the snow falling. Are you t- is, that, is that your plan, Sharon? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, falling in love with David again and again every day. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess what I meant is none of us will have a picture-perfect, social media-approved, what I would say, Hallmark Christmas. No, it never is. It never is. And so maybe we're, maybe you right now are feeling like you're in a season where it's hard to give thanks because you're in a season of struggle or of difficulty or of challenge. And yet I think the example of Paul can show us, especially in this little book of joy, this letter of gratitude and thanksgiving, that even while he is in chains, he's seen the gospel spread. He's seen God show up. He's experiencing the grace from the community that loves and supports him. Giving thanks in times of suffering and difficulty. It's what he talks about, too, in the letter to the Romans. In Romans chapter 5, he says this, Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Boasting in our sufferings? Really? Why? How? How? (laughs) Why should we boast in our sufferings? Well, first, Paul says, it's because we have peace in Jesus. That's why. We've obtained access, he says, through Christ. We have been justified, made righteous by Jesus through faith. 
And so we know our future. We know our hope and the resurrection. And we can be confident in that, kind of boasting in that. We have peace. So no matter what we face, even in the struggle, even in the suffering, even in the the challenging times, there can still be a sense of peace because of Jesus Christ. But second, he says, because suffering produces endurance and character and, and hope. It gives us hope. I think this is a tricky, a, a tricky thing because I think what Paul is not saying is that the suffering is good or the bad things that happen to us are really good things. But I do think they can uncover good things. Bad things are not good. Only good gifts come from God that we can be thankful for, that we can give thanks to God for. But these times of struggle and challenge and uncertainty, they can uncover good things in our lives. What do I mean by that? Well, it's the job loss that led to courage and trying new things and discovering new passions. It was the failed dream that produced in you resilience. It was the unexpected diagnosis, but that led to experience of grace and compassion within a community that surrounded you and loved you while you healed. The illness or uncertainty that led to felt prayers of a community that sustained you. I've heard from many of you over the past couple of weeks that were waiting on test results or waiting for doctor, you know, and we said, okay, we're praying for you, this community. And one of you said, I know, I feel it. I can feel it. I can feel the love and the prayers of this community sort of sustaining me through this time of uncertainty. It was the storm that blew the roof off the building that led us to remember that we can be the revolution wherever we are. And the reminder that God is with us and at work with us and present with us. That God is for you. God is for us. God is with us. We don't necessarily have to give thanks for the bad things. I can tell you since April 7th, April 5th, I don't even know anymore. I haven't given thanks for that storm. But I have given thanks for the way that I've seen God show up and work through each and every one of us and for the reminders of this faith community of who we are and whose we are and our mission. It can clarify things for us, even if we don't give thanks for the bad thing. Reminded this week, you know, these these emotions of gratitude and grief, they can coexist. They do. Our human spirit has the capacity to feel more than one thing at once. And so we can be grateful for what remains and still be sad over what was lost. No matter what that thing that we feel grief-stricken over is, we can be grateful for what remains and still be sad over what was lost. And we give thanks for the ways that God shows up in these moments of hurt and struggle and uncertainty and begins redeeming it, even for his glory. I really think it's similar to the situation we find Paul in this morning in the book of Philippians as he writes this letter, Imprisoned relying on the partnership and grace that's provided by this church community that he's reaching out now to thank. 
Because after these 11 verses that we've looked at for three weeks now, he goes on in verse 12 to say this. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. In a moment when it could have been understandable for Paul to turn inward, to be overcome by just discouragement, imprisoned, in chains, maybe feeling defensive or jaded or vengeful or even defeated, insert here anything that I would be feeling in this situation. He instead sees this moment of suffering, his imprisonment. It's not a good thing. He's suffering. God does not mean for us to suffer. And yet Paul sees it as an opportunity for him to witness to Christ and to extend grace. We think here that what he's talking about is that he's had an opportunity to witness to members of the imperial guard. People that are guarding even him and seeing Paul's character in this moment or seeing uh, these, these people that are showing up and providing food and assistance and these people that aren't even related to him by blood and yet they're showing up. And, and I, have to, I have to imagine these guards are going, what is this all about? Who is this guy? You know, what makes him so special? Look at these people. Why are they so joyful? (laughs) This is sort of an odd community, right, from last week? What What an odd sort of community. And look how well they are loving Paul in this moment. And as he's sharing the gospel with them or having this opportunity, he's also hearing of others who have gained courage from Paul's example and and witness And they are becoming even more bold to speak the word without fear. That doesn't really make sense, does it? If he's imprisoned because he's teaching about Christ, you would think that others would become fearful and they would maybe stop teaching about Christ. But the opposite happened. Because of Paul's witness, because of his testimony, because of what they are seeing God do through Paul in this moment, they are encouraged they are emboldened and they are speaking and teaching about christ without fear suffering is never a good thing god does not intend for us to suffer and yet it's in times of suffering and of struggle and of difficulty god's grace shows up The promise of Christmas that's coming is that baby being born into the mess of the world and being with us. And so many good things come from that reminder of God being with us in the storm, in the struggle. We experience that often through one another and the grace that we receive. If there's any lesson, any good, any strengthening of faith that comes after times of suffering, it's not because the suffering was meant for that purpose, but because Christ has the final victory in it. What the world means for evil, God can use for good. And those are words from Scripture, from the story of Joseph. Do you remember him? And the evil that his brothers did to him, my word. 
My boys were fighting over a train set this morning. <laughs> I give, and yeah, that was bad enough. I can't even imagine. <laughs> can't even imagine. His brother, jealousy, rage, taking over, faking his death and selling him into slavery in Egypt. And we don't have time to get into all of Joseph's story, but man, is it a good one. All the thing, the, the struggle wasn't over for him yet. And yet it's Joseph who says, what, what man meant for evil, what my brothers meant for evil, God used for good. God redeemed. God had the victory in it. Look at what God can do. Now, I've shared this quote with you before, but it's such a good one. I was going to share it again. This is from a book called A Month of Thanksgiving. There's a huge difference between everything happens for a reason and God brings reason out of everything that happens. The first is Christian superstition. The second reveals the greatness and glory of God. Your heavenly father is not the author of evil in your life, but he is the editor. What men mean for ill, God can use to build goodness into it. And a thankful spirit flows, not from the fatalistic acceptance of every event, but from the conviction that God is with us. His presence and his actions can bring goodness and light where previously there was only wickedness and darkness. Friends, there is power in this community of family and of faith to remind each other of these truths. When the day comes, when the challenge, when the struggle, when the suffering happens... Because we live in a sinful world. And this family holds on to these truths rooted in Jesus Christ. And we can love and support one another and remind one another that what the world meant for evil for you, God is redeeming and can use for good. That there's a story and a testimony that each of us have that can all be shared for the glory of God. And so as we've done every week, we have another uh, video that we'd like to share with you uh, to celebrate, I think, a big way that we as Revolution Church are telling that story of redemption and freedom, even in all of life's hurts, hang-ups, and habits, that Christ is having victory through a process of recovery right here at Revolution Church. And it's me. I was going to say, let's play it, but it's me. Let's listen. <laughs> My name is Jackie. Um, I've been coming here to Revolution for uh, over eight years now, and I've been going to celebrate recovery for over six years. I remember when they had the first like, announcement asking people to volunteer, to come get some information about Celebrate Recovery. I kind of felt a pull, but that was as, an, as a helper, not because I thought I might need some type of help or support or assistance. Um, and so I didn't go. Uh, and at the one year anniversary, I felt God pushing me, pushing me. And I said, I got to go. And I went and I've been coming back ever since. And Celebrate Recovery is a staple in my life. It helps ground me. It helps bring me closer to God. And I have found a forever family in this ministry. 
So I didn't initially know what I was struggling with when I wanted to get into CR. I just felt that pull. I had a history of abandonment, child abuse, um, depression. There were a lot of issues that I knew I could get some type of help with. Through my time at CR, um, my sponsor support and direction and the support of all of the Forever family that I've built there, I have been able to make really great strides in my life, um, in my relationship with God, in my relationship with other people in my life here at church. Through my time at CR, my sponsor's support and direction, and most importantly, God's grace, um, I was able to realize that I was struggling with codependency issues, which was not at all what I thought I had. It was almost the opposite of what I thought I was dealing with. And it helped me understand what codependency really meant, how that affected my relationships, my view of relationships, my view of myself, and my view of the world. So my growth has been phenomenal, being a part of this ministry. I thought recovery meant that I had to have something very concrete. Um, I struggle with alcohol, or I struggle with drugs, or I struggle with something that I could say, I will put this down and I will be done and be able to count the days from then. What Celebrate Recovery shows though, is that it isn't just for that. It's for any hurt, habit, or hang up um, that can be in your life. Something that isn't as concrete or easy to define or pin down. And because of God's grace and love that I have felt in my life, the growth and truth that I have felt in my life and the ability to build that relationship with God, I wanna spread it. I wanna share it with everyone else. And that's part of why I keep coming back. And all of this has helped me to realize that my troubles, my fears, and my struggles are not mine by myself, right? I can give them to God and I can find freedom beauty and love and then share that with everyone else. So thank you for giving to Revolution Church so that I can go towards Celebrate Recovery and this wonderful ministry that has changed my life and so many others. I want to thank Jackie for her willingness to share a piece of her testimony and for what this ministry has meant to her her experience of God's grace and love and what she calls part of her forever family. The support and guidance that, that through CR she was able to, to discover and sort of name some of these things that she was struggling with that maybe she didn't even know she was struggling with. And I love that Jackie said, this is for anybody, any of us with a hurt, a hang-up, a habit, a sin, an entanglement that we are struggling with that we don't want to feel this way anymore. Have you ever had one of those days where you're like, I don't think that my life is supposed to feel this way. I don't know if I want it to continue to be like this. I need help. Celebrate Recovery is an amazing ministry of our church that creates that safe space where you can come and ask for help and having that courage to ask for help. Surrendering that to God, she says, finding healing and freedom and victory and the power of Christ. We don't give thanks for those struggles or the bad things that happened to us. As she kind of referenced things that had happened in her past, those are not good. But we can give thanks for a beloved and compassionate community that has surrounded her and helped her be a means of God's grace in her healing journey. And what I loved about Jackie's heart is her ability then to say, I've experienced this freedom, and now I want everybody else to feel this, this grace that I have felt. 
in this first chapter of Philippians, this is what Paul is saying. Here is what your partnership with me has done. Here is what your partnership of prayers and love and support has accomplished. Your support and grace has given me the courage, even in this current situation, to witness boldly and to see the gospel extended. And so, friends, this is what your partnership with revolution has accomplished here. This is just one of the many things. Supporting our community through Celebrate Recovery so that others might find healing and freedom from their hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Your partnership has meant that we are creating space and giving permission for all of us to admit that we need help, that we can't live this life alone, that we're not supposed to try. We were meant for belonging and community and support in this way. Remember, the gospel is no lone ranger enterprise, but it's a partnership of all of the saints living and beyond. And so we each have a role to play. And your financial support of this church means you are participating in the gospel work of Celebrate Recovery, even if you don't show up here on a Wednesday night. Your partnership means that that ministry is happening. And your partnership means that you are providing a means of grace for others to come and to experience God's love and freedom to then extend it to other people. And for that, I give thanks. I give thanks to God and all my remembrance of you and for all of the ways that we are partnering together to join Jesus in transforming lives through teaching and serving. That's what we're about here. So maybe one of you this morning is feeling that nudge to check out CR. Maybe one of you has always wondered. Maybe one of you is thinking, I'm really struggling with something, and I don't, I've never wanted anybody to know it. You know, Celebrate Recovery, unless willing to come and share your testimony, it is completely confidential. It is a safe space in that way. So maybe there's something that you have been struggling with or thinking about, and I, I don't want to continue being like this. I don't want to struggle like this anymore. I want that sense of freedom. I encourage you to talk to Micah after service or come chat with me, come chat with Daryl, any other CR leader that you know. I know they'd be happy to share with you what this ministry has meant to them. Thank you so much to so many of you who have already turned in your card. Here it is. The ways that you're partnering with us in the new year is we're trying, we call it Revolution 365, kind of funding our ministries for the next year, starting in 2024. This is really important as leadership kind of tries to plan and, and budget out how we can use our ministry uh, finances to the glory of God. And so if you haven't already, uh, I would invite you to turn that in today or next week at your earliest convenience so we continue to partner together uh, for the work of the gospel here. An offering of surrender, offering all that we have, not for our glory, not for the glory of this church, but to the glory of God. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are and for the ways that you continue to be at work in our lives. We thank you for the ways that we have seen you show up in our own moments of struggle in our own storms. It is a gift of grace that your Son, our Savior, came to be with us. 
And so, God, we thank you for that gift. We thank you for that promise. And we thank you for the hope that we have, that because of Christ, we can boast and be confident in our future, in our life with you. There's nothing more powerful for us than that promise and that future hope. And so, God, we thank you and ask that you continue to be with us, that you would continue to give us the courage that we need to continue even in times of struggle, that we would continue to be bold and brave witnesses to you and your goodness and your kingdom. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.